Johnny Summers, tell our listeners about Patreon. Well, Patreon's like a really cool place that you can get all of our bonus content. You know, you get about 20 to 30 minutes of bonus episodes every week. Also, you can come hang out with us at our really cool Patreon get-togethers. That's right. It's a way for you to sponsor the show. And if you want to just do like a dollar per episode, you can totally do that. And we give you, like Johnny said, cool stuff back. You just got to go to patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. You can even download the app. It takes like two minutes to sign up. And for the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you can really help us out. We give back to you. You give to us. It's a really fun circle of life. We've got a lot of cool friends that are part of it that we've got to hang out with and get to know over the past... Uh, I don't know, a year or so that we've been doing it. Uh, so if you are interested and you like the show and you got a few bucks to spare, please go to patreon.com slash freshhopcinema, and we hope to talk to you soon. Be a lot cooler if you did. Enjoy the episode. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey again, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a podcast about film and craft beer. My name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers. And if this is your first time joining us, thanks for coming. If uh, if you've listened before, thanks. We're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. It's good to see you again or hear from you if you write us or if you're listening in general. Um, our show is structured into three parts. It is a beginning, a middle, and an end. Those parts are not usually related. Usually we cover a beer in the first segment, our movie of the week in the second. Then we cover our movie of the week with spoilers in the third segment, as well as our final beer. That said, this week is going to be the same thing, but a little bit different because it's St. Patrick's Day. So happy St. Patty's Woohoo. from us to you. We're doing a couple themed beers. Uh, we're going to talk about how we've been, but first we're going to talk about a beer that Johnny got from Big Stump called Golden Shower. <laughs> Big Stump Brewing Company is a brewery that I've never heard of, and they're from Sacramento, which is weird. Yeah. So I saw this beer and I'm like, who are they? I've never even heard of you. They make a bunch of kettle sours. I was just checking out their website and there's like 10 kettle sours on there. Uh, but the one we're drinking is called Golden Tower. Ah. It is an oaked sour ale, not shower. Right. Uh, it says sour on Sacramento. Apparently they've been doing a bunch of kettle sours and uh, I really have no idea. I've been sleeping on this one. So I hope it's good. We're going to find out. I'm going to pour some. Max, describe the pour. Yeah, no, it's a it's a real pale, hazy yellow. Um, I think this is a pretty standard color and and look for this style of beer. Okay. Uh, my big thing with these styles is that I'm always afraid they're going to be too tart for me to handle when it gets you right in the lymph nodes and your mouth starts watering. So you're saying I shouldn't have filled the whole glass? I'll try it. You All know, right. we still got it. This is a 22-ounce bottle, so we've got some work to do, but... I don't know if we're going to finish it. I mean, it is St. Patrick's Day weekend and all, but... Well, let's get our initial impressions. I'm going to smell it. You want to talk about it? Yeah, it uh, it looks gorgeous. It, like you said, it's a very pale yellow, straw-colored, um, nice effervescence. looks very bubbly. It is really bubbly, actually. Um, very soda, soda pop-like. Okay. Um, very lemony. Okay. I smell a lot of lemon. Yeah, there's almost too much. It almost feels like a, like a bitter soda. Um, or take like a ginger ale. What's a lemon ale? Does that exist? A lemon, like a Sprite? Like a, yeah, I guess. That's like lemon-lime, and it's sweeter, like though. Like a squirt. No, squirt's grapefruit. Maybe like if you carbonated lemonade. Okay. Like not completely, but that's kind of what this reminds me of. Definitely. It's not super tart. No, it's not. It's it's more bitter than tart. Uh-huh. Cause there's some sweetness too that I really dig. Yeah, I'm not mad at this beer at all. Did you mention the ABV? No, I did not. It is clocking in at six point eight percent. That's pretty high actually for what I was tasting. Yeah, it doesn't taste like a six point eight. Definitely. That's good. Yeah. You know, it's it's got a mellow tartness, but it's not overbearing. It's got a, like a dry tartness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it finishes really smoothly, too. Definitely dry. Um, this is great. So you've never heard of these guys. I haven't either. Uh, I saw Big Stump, and I thought that I knew it, but I think I was thinking of Sump. Sump? Is that, or is that a beer Sump by Sump is a beer Surly. by Perennial. Perennial? Perennial Artisan Ales. You're really popping those peas on there. Perennial. Yeah. Right. Sorry. No, I'm just, That's, no. Yeah, I've, I forgot. It's a lot of peas in a sentence. Yeah. Speaking of Golden Towers. Hey. This is good, though. I dig this beer a lot. Um, price point on this thing. Ballpark it. I don't remember. Come on, man. we got to give our listeners info here. Yeah, it's under 15. Okay. I'm going to go with that. I always tend to steer clear of beers that are more than that. Yeah. They just seem, there's so many good, we've talked about this before, there's so many good options. Yeah. I think we were saying at $20, there's so many good options underneath, but even 15, you get a ton of good stuff. A ton. And this is pretty local to Chico as far as the beer world goes. Yeah, vicinity-wise. Yeah. Super close. Um, I like it a lot. Do you want to rate it or is it too soon? Do you want to talk about ourselves first or do you want to wrap this beer up and then talk about ourselves? I'm up for whatever. 
let's let's stick with uh, one thing at a time. Deal. So, final thoughts on Golden Tower Oak Sour Ale by Big Stump out of Sacramento. It's got a very, very wine grape vibe, almost like a like a like a white wine, like a sour carbonated white wine. So, I would say this is very much so like a tart spritzer. Yeah, uh, this totally. would be really good on a hot summer day, like ice cold. Mm-hmm. You know, for a kettle sour, it's nice. A lot of times kettle sours have a bit of a, a coppery metallic finish. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't have that. Which is so nice, too. Yeah. I really don't like that aspect. No, because some kettle sours, it feels like you have a mouthful of, like, wet pennies. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just not fun for anyone. Yeah. So, no, the fact that that's missing this is really uh, very nice. So I'm going to say, overall, it's it's a really good attempt or, you know, offering at the style. Shoot. I mean, it's a solid eight. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, like I, I'm not a huge fan of kettle sours, but this one, I mean, this is approachable. This is a sour for people that don't really like like sours. You know what I mean? I could see that. Because I've had sours that are so much more sour than this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a nice, mellow, easy-drinking kettle sour. So I've had a couple more ounces than you, barely. Mm-hmm. But we've each only had about three or four. Mm-hmm. And what I'm noticing the more that I drink is the more, the more acidic it's getting. It's a little bit too much as it's as it's going into me. It kind of lingers on the back of the tongue. Yeah, and I'm getting a thing on my teeth where like I start to they kind of grind and oh. there's that sort of well, that's that the finish ecstasy on it. we took before the movie. <laughs> yeah. oh, my mistake. Yeah. So no, this it's it's really good, but it is a little bit much. I think the 22 ounce offering is too much for even two of us. I could see splitting this at a bottle share or something between five or six people. I don't think I'm gonna drink anymore because I'm also getting kind of that heartburny wanting to come show itself. So what it's was that? heartburniness. Oh yes. Heart, you know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. It definitely kind of gurgles yeah. about. So I think there's a lot good going here. Oh. I wouldn't drink as much as they offer. I probably wouldn't go for it again, just because like we said, there's so many options out there, even at the price point. And I'm going to give it a 6.8 for okay. that reason. If you were in the mood for a kettle sour, would this be one that you would go for? Like, do you ever purchase kettle sour? I've literally, I don't think ever bought a kettle sour. So that's probably a fair thing to say when you're judging this beer is that this sure. is not a go-to style for you. That's true, and I'm I'm certainly not very versed on it. But I I, I couldn't even name three. I couldn't name five kettle sours that I've had in the past. I okay. I have had them. I just don't know. Yeah. what they are. It's definitely not something that either of us really gravitate towards. No, I know enough about the style to you know identify pros and cons of it. But but yeah. By and large, it's yeah. not something either of us are going to reach for. And another thing, too, is the brewing process for a kettle sour is very labor intensive, so they do tend to be more expensive. It's actually super easy. Is it, Oh, you just this is your thing like open fermentation? Yeah. Wild fermentation is way more labor intensive. Kettle fermentation or kettle souring is actually a uh, mechanized simplification of that process. Oh, is that, that right? Has been a, they've been able to control it and mass produce it. So, oh, yeah, I was definitely thinking of more like a wild ale. This is not what kettle souring is. Uh, no, a wild ale is fermented. So the way you would ferment a wild ale, do you want me to? Yeah, sure. I'm not like repeating things we've talked about, right? Uh, Maybe, but it's been a while. All right. So like a wild ale in fermentation, they put it in a giant tank that's, you know, I don't know, like 20 feet by 20 feet Mm -hmm. square, let's say for, for example. And it's like, I don't know, what is that? A foot and a half deep? Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. And it's open air. So they have like screens on the windows, but there's just air flying in. And what happens is uh, it's a spontaneous fermentation from bacteria in the air reacting with the yeasts and the beer uh, that causes that. Whereas a kettle sour is a like scientifically replicated sour where it, it comes by like kettling is the term that they use because you like have the beer at a certain temperature for a certain amount of time with certain bacterias, then you get a souring. Gotcha. But you can make large batches of it, and it's very replicable. Right. Which makes it ideal for mass production. So you have beers like Aunt Sally from Lagunitas that's all over the United States and now the world just because of that that process. You can control it. Yeah. And what's yeah. crazy is the guy that invented kettle souring actually shared his... Um, methodology and kind of the recipe for it and the the how-tos with Mm -hmm. the whole beer industry he could have totally patented or whatever but it was definitely like open on the table and now you see that that replicated by tons of breweries yeah it's interesting because you have places like crux Mm -hmm. which their full name is crux fermentation project and they're up in bend oregon so it's it's very safe to say that the environment in which these breweries place their 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 breweries Mm -hmm. uh, is very 
important to the production of these beers. Absolutely. Especially I, when it comes to open air, wild, excuse me, yeah. fermentation. And I think it's, I think it's Bend, but it could be somebody else up in Oregon. They're real, real, real close to the Tillamook cheese factory. Yeah. That's Degard. Oh, it's Degard. That's right. It is Degard. Yeah. And Degard is all wild fermentation ales and mm-hmm. they actually chose Tillamook for a very specific reason. And that reason is the dairy farms. Yeah. Right. They modeled their method. They modeled their methodology. Is that redundant? That works. Um, after Cantillon. Right. Uh, in which, Belgium. Which is adjacent to multiple dairy farms. Mm-hmm. So uh, apparently, I mean, I've always heard tales of this, not from the brewers themselves or the, the, the owners of Degard, but they went all over the United States looking for locations, taking like samples of the air. Like, Very sciencey. Yeah, super sciencey. So they they took a long time to to settle on Tillamook. Mm-hmm. And they did it because of the the Tillamook dairy farm. Yeah. Which produces cheese that I'm sure all of our listeners have had. Right, or at least have seen. Or at least have seen. It's Everybody's a had it, I assume. It's well, like in every grocery store. Yeah, you've at least yeah. seen it. It's they make ice cream and and uh cheese. And if you go there, there's an unsettling amount of beef jerky for sale. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> as as you might imagine. It's the circle of life, man. Yeah. I, I asked the one time, I was like, so, you guys, so the, yeah. you guys sell a lot of jerky. Mm. Is this just what happens when the, the dairy cows are retired? And they're like, you're exactly correct. Yeah. So It's interesting. Well, because like when you think about it, cheese is basically a, a molded version of milk. Yeah. Um, so then all that gets into the air. It drifts over into where they're doing their open fermentation at Degard and other breweries like that. Yeah. And you have an open fermentation or a wild fermentation. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. The cheese and also just the 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 things put off in the air by the, the livestock themselves. True. There's so much floating around in the air. Yeah. If you've ever been within, you know, half a mile of a dairy farm. You know it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. I mean, so. it, it is pungent. It, it's it, not also, we should throw this out, if you've never, for some reason, seen a dairy farm or heard of one or smelled a cow, not something you should, that you would probably think, hmm, let's make this into some type of beverage. Yeah, this is a delicious place to make yes. beer. But it is super conducive mm-hmm. uh, of an environment to create wild fermentation ales, and we have some amazing beers from it. So, in any case, that's not what we're dealing with. We no. had a kettle sour, but this was a fun. That was a fun tangent. Yeah, it was a I nice think. little deep dive into the world of uh, kettle souring versus wild fermentation. Both have their pros. Both mm-hmm. have their cons. Sure. What's crazy is um, this beer will be the same every time they make it. Right, and that's the that's the benefit. You can mass produce and you can be consistent. Yeah. So for that, it's cool. Sure. So labor intensive in its own way. Cool. Well, once again, that is a six point eight from me and an eight from Johnny for Big Stumps Golden Tower. Kettled Sour Ale. Let's move on, shall we, to what's got us hot and bothered this week. Let's do it. Um, so this is a segment we sometimes do. I like, actually, I like doing the beer first. That was fun. Yeah. Um, it's a format, man. Right. Yeah. So I feel like we, this is still a relatively new segment officially that we should still explain why it is a thing. Do it. Okay. Well, we, for a long time, have struggled with finding a fun name to talk, like a segment to talk about ourselves. And we have gone through the whole process. You can go back and listen to episodes if you want. We're not going to do that now. But a listener named Nick Land, hello, Nick. Hello. Suggested, we said one time, what's got you hot? It, I have to, it's hard to not explain the whole thing. doesn't matter. Yeah. He's like, you should do what's got you hot and what's got you bothered separately, like the two things. Yeah. So that's perffect. I want to throw a curveball. I want one of us to do hot and one of us to do bothered. Deal. What I'll do you want? T- I'll take hot. Okay, then I got bothered. Uh, let's do the negative first. And All I right. will go. Good. Today. So yeah, I super sneak preview. I was there right for this. We saw a movie in the theater today. You'll hear about it in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. It was called Love Simon. Yes. And I won't say anything about the movie now, so much as the movie going experience. Let's talk about the movie going experience and how it should go. How should your ideal movie go? At at its most basic level, it should go like this. You go up, you buy a ticket from a person or a machine, you walk in, if you get concessions, that's great. Then you walk, you give your ticket to the ticket taker, he says, it's that theater, it's the second on the right. Perfect. Then you go sit in a seat, if they're not assigned, you pick whichever one you want. Then you should sit down, enjoy your concessions, watch the movie, you should have laughter when there's scare, what, scary parts? When there's funny parts, you should hear, hear fright when there's scary, whatever applies in the movie, that should happen. It should also happen at a level where you don't think the person laughing or screaming is trying to get your attention from halfway through the theater. It should just be your immediate proximity, you enjoy the movie, and then you leave. Mm. That's the experience that should have happened always in every theater. Yes. That's not what happened to me or you today. No. So, folks, 
we had. Uh, I'm not unrealistic. Like we, we go to the movies a lot. A There's lot. bound to be some situations where there are audience members who do not have the 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 social. Uh, I don't want to say awareness because I think etiquette? that's etiquette. Yeah, the the blatant disregard for other people's viewing experiences. I know those people exist, and we had a couple today, mm-hmm. and I hate them. Yes, so much. Um, Let's just dwell for a moment on how much we actually hate them. Yeah, well, I want to. I want people to hate them with us. Yeah. So I'm going to say why. It's what's what you'd expect. They were just loud people, and we sat in the first row of the of the back. Oh, so we sat in the the back row of the front section. Yeah. Right. So you walk in. Usually, you go to the theater. You turn left or right, and then you go up little stairs and you pick. We went down. Right. We went to the first row available to us. Sat in the middle. Mm-hmm. Perfect. It was empty. It was a pretty mediocrely packed screening. Yeah. There's handicap seats behind you. Right. Mm-hmm. There's like pairs of two, plus room for like wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. We sat down, the three of us, me, you, and Shalina. Let's throw out a disclaimer now. The people sure. behind us were not handicapped. I was going to get there. That's like another like, oh, you're the worst. You okay. can't sit there. Yeah. I guess if no handicapped people show up, that's fine. But yeah. still, like, if, it, they showed up early. Yeah. Maybe handicapped people are going to show up. Okay. We sit down. <laughs> the trailers start. Uh-huh. Johnny has gotten me some sour snacks. Yeah, because I know what I you love. like. I did not get concessions today. Yeah, you're like, I don't want popcorn. Yep. And I'm like, well, I know mm-hmm. you like chewy, sour, gummy I type I things. Do. So we had uh, the the gummy or the like the 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 filling airhead, the things. soft, the filled, so, yeah. soft airhead bites, which so, are friggin' amazing. They're real good, real good. So I'm enjoying those. We're off to a great start. It's a great movie viewing experience so far. Everything has gone according to plan. We're early. We had a beer before. We're happy. It's a good day. We're fired up. Two people show up. I know they showed up because I heard them show up. I didn't just look around. I don't watch when people come into the theater, but these people made themselves very clear that they were here because they did not possess a whisper. No. Not a thing that this a particular one of them. They didn't have what we would call an inside voice. No, it's they didn't even have an outside voice. They had like a I'm on the top of a mountain trying to call an SOS voice. Like she was a yodeler. Yeah. Yeah. It was this that. is all in the context of a movie, but still. Yeah. Anyways, I don't want to spread this too long. Basically, there's a couple things I didn't like about this one particular individual. One, she spoke at a volume that I thought was very inconsiderate. Yeah. During the previews, A, she'd seen the previews before, so she's like telling her friend next to her, like, instead of being like, oh, yeah, this is that movie about the gay kid. She goes, oh, yeah, he's gay. That's right. And I'm like right there. And I, if you've never heard this show, I'm not somebody that says anything ever. Yeah. I am. I don't ever say anything. Yeah. I just deal with it. So there was a moment, though. Yes. And the moment happened was right after a preview. You know the silence after a preview? Everybody's absorbing the Everybody's movie. absorbing. You turn to your neighbor who you're with and you say, you you're like, it's good. We, we, we should, should see that. that. We should check that out. That looks all right. Which is fine. By the way, this is like the fourth trailer in and she's not been quiet. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. There is a moment where it's silent. and then Dead you, silent. And then you hear, oh my God. She goes, oh my God. And then I hear young Maxwell. I just turn around. I go, what? I said, what? And then I went, just kidding. <laughs> it was deliciously awkward. Oh. oh, it was so amazing. As I reflected on that for the first 30 minutes of the movie, I was like, maybe I should have said, what? Never mind. I don't care. I wanted to, I wanted to say something more. Yeah, no, it, it, the appropriate reaction would be like, what? Oh, wait, no one cares. Yeah, like, oh, gosh. Yeah, so obviously what's got you bothered is- Are these little, two, mostly the one, people in our theater boisterous and the laughter she had that was the second thing her laugh was so obnoxious and i get it like, i don't want to be mad at somebody for enjoying something and laughing yeah but this is an un unbridled unapologetic laugh it's just like like bop 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 that but with haas yeah and super freaking loud well way loud the volume was really the issue i mean it was crazy uh, and you actually said to me off air like her laugh kind of reminds you of mine there's times when johnny laughs like that but it's here yeah, it's you like, know? but it's it's in Max's garage when yeah. we're drunk, and I, it's it was a hearty belly laugh. You know, it's the laugh yeah. that like comes from like right right in there. Yeah, you, just, ugh, you know. Yeah, but you don't do that in movie. I did that in game night. Yeah, uh, and Shalina elbowed me in the ribs. That's true. I did hear one time her friend was like, Shh, kind of. She was yeah, like, Shh. yeah. Well, you could tell like her friend was embarrassed. And, yeah, kind of. Like, or just she was aware. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. So, I, yeah. So that was real rough. I like to think that they were lesbians and this is like their movie. Like, fine. Like, and even then, like, if this is finally you get a, a movie you can relate to of like a sexual awakening, validating kind of thing, like, even then, I think, shut up. Like, you don't get to be like that. I don't care. Nah, dude. No. Nah, bro. Buy the, buy the Blu ray. Yeah. And calm down. Yeah. Calm Just, down. It was too much. So, so. This, this, this bothered segment 
uh, I have to ask the question before I get into what's got me hot. Um, when is it the time to shush? Right. You know, so yeah. I feel like this is mm-hmm. something we've never really tackled on the show. And it's, it's a, it's an integral part of movie etiquette. And it's a, and it's a subject I've been wanting to broach with you for a while, as mm-hmm. far as mm-hmm. when is that tipping point? Cause I felt like today got real damn close. Mm-hmm. So I have a theory and okay. it's not a theory. I guess it's like, I've never even applied it, but it's, it's my methodology for what I'd like to do. Do you have an ethos? Kind of. Okay. So what I, what you don't want to do is wait till you get so angry that you snap at somebody because yeah. then you're also an asshole. Yeah. So what I think is that the first time somebody speaks, that's fine. It's still very rude. Yeah. Fine. If they do it again, you should turn around and be like, Hey, excuse me. I don't mean to be rude, but you're being very loud. Could you keep it down? That's perfect. That's a perfectly reasonable thing to say in a place where people have spent money to watch something without your loud mouth speaking. For sure. If they speak again, I think you'd say something similar. You don't apologize. You just turn around, hey, could you keep it down, please? And if they do it again, this is where my problem happens. Like, you have to go tell somebody. So what I like to do and what I would love to do one day is the first thing stays the same. Or the first two. Something, fine. Second time, hey, sorry, could you please keep it down? We're trying to watch a movie. Third time. Hi, I brought this water gun, and if you keep speaking, I'm going to squirt you with it. Then the fourth, you squirt them on the fourth time. All right. And every preceding time with more and more water. That's what I want to do. Okay. And I think that's also reasonable. There was a moment in the movie today where I seriously contemplated emptying my clean canteen in their general direction. Yeah, yeah, In just a... a just, just, yeah. Just like, like a paintbrush. Just yeah, the sprit- power of Christ compels you. Spritzing yeah. manner, like I'm trying to expel the demons. But I do think that's fair. Like, you should be able to tell somebody without feeling like you're super rude. Yeah. Hey, could you keep it down? That's the thing. But, like, shushing another adult always will feel rude. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, like, man, you got to consider how rude they're being to everyone I know. else. And even if they don't think, like... I'm sure they're not trying to be rude. Yeah. I don't want to live in a world where I think that people are trying to disrupt my movies. Yeah. That's not a place, you know, that's not what I want. Right. I just have to assume they're just existing and they're just, they're passing passively inconsiderate. Yeah. I feel like it's always just an unawareness. Yeah. It's gotta be right. Like people aren't that garbagey. No, they wouldn't do that just to ruin everyone else's time. Right. You know, they're just having their own experience. But their own experience sometimes just can be rude as f. Yeah, let me tell you a quick thing, then we'll Do move it. on. Um, I went to a movie in Reno when I was there. I saw, I think it was no, it wasn't Game Night. I saw it was Red Sparrow when I finally saw that. Okay. And at the beginning of the movie, right before the trailer started, a dude came in and he worked there. He went to the front and he said, "Hello, I'm whatever. I'm going to be your usher today. Please make sure." to keep your cell phones off, no texting or talking during the movie. If you are talking to your neighbor, we'll give you one warning. And if we hear you talking again, you will be escorted out of the theater. And I was like, that's amazing. Oh, I wish we had that. That's so cool. I need that. Yeah. And every nobody spoke. It was awesome. I saw uh, a video on YouTube of a place uh, in Austin that kicks people out for talking. That's amazing. And it was uh, a voicemail from an actual customer that they had kicked out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What a great way to, what a scared straight method that would work. Oh, it was so beautiful. And mm. they, they played it and they're like, at the end, she was like, I'm not coming back. Damn right, you're not. And they're like, thank you, dear customer, yeah. for never coming back. Yeah, you can't, you're not allowed to come back. Yeah, because the, the, it was, the voicemail was gold. Like, on the break, I'm going to mm-hmm. find it and we're going to lead to the next segment with that it. That would be awesome. Yeah. It's like when somebody's like, I'm not coming, or it's like, you know, you're not invited to the, I'm, you, the mad person is the inviter. Like, you're not coming to my party. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to come, but yeah. you did. Like, no. you wanted to come back to the theater, but you're too bitter. Yeah, exactly. No, just stop, dude. Yes. That's what's got me bothered. In a few minutes, why don't you, t- within a few minutes of, I'm not saying wait, I'm saying now, in the umbrella of a few minutes, why don't you tell me what's got you hot, and then we'll go to a break. You know what, man? There's a lot that's got me hot. What I think I am most hot about this week is... Being okay with not being motivated every once in a while. Oh. Like taking a day off. That's great. That's got me hot. I think that's awesome. The last week, uh, we had really nice weather last weekend. It was in the 70s and sunny. I was super motivated. We were doing projects around Mm -hmm. the house. We were savages. We worked ourselves to just sleep. It Mm -hmm. was crazy. Mm -hmm. Daylight savings time happened. Monday was a little wonky, but it was still sunny out, so everyone was excited. But then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, we're recording on Friday. Mm-hmm. The last four days have been filled with often on thunder showers and just terrible weather and cold and cloudy. And there's been a distinct lack of motivation in my household after work because we get up early, we go to work, we bust our tails, get home at, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon and 
you know what? Just that realization that it's okay to put off the housework to like Saturday or whatever, because it's been a long day and you have to work tomorrow. Let's just take the night off. Love it. Let's just curl up on the couch with a blanket. Let's make some grilled cheese. Let's grab a beer. Then let's watch some Netflix. That's an amazing night. I love that. I do that a lot of nights. Yeah. So taking a night off and just being selfish and not being an adult or being responsible when you feel like it, rewarding yourself and just taking a night off. That's great. That's what's got me hot. Also, we watched Shawshank Redemption. Nice. Shiliana has never seen it. I've never seen it either. Yeah. So she had never seen it and it was early. We were both like, let's just put on Netflix and we've been watching a series and Shalina knows this about me that if we watch a series for too many nights in a row, I get twitchy. Mm. I'm like, I need closure. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do this drug out like story. That for, doesn't make you just want to finish the series. It does, but there's three seasons. That's true. You yeah. know, so it's like I want a movie, and you know that's why we do this. We love mm-hmm. movies. I love the mm-hmm. finality. The, the finality. You get a, a whole front, middle, end. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Getting back to that was really nice. It was a, also a nice day off from our normal series. Mm-hmm. So overall, it was great. Watch Shawshank. Excuse me. She totally got it. Mm. At the end, she's like, okay, I mm-hmm. get it. That's one of the best movies ever. Sure. So I think the ball's in your court to watch Shawshank. Now. I will. I know you've been putting it off for a while. Upstairs, I have um, Citizen Kane. Yeah, I've never seen that. I haven't either. So I figured I'd rent. I've rent, I've got a whole list. We've talked about this. Yeah. I've well, got a list of movies, and that's what I'm working on right now. Word. As moviegoers and cinema buffs, mm-hmm. you have to. Mm-hmm. There's certain classics that are just, we should. Like, I don't really remember Schindler's List. I watched it when I was younger. Same, yeah. But it's one that, like, we should probably do. Sure. So, things like that. It's good. Uh, have you watched Citizen Kane yet? I'm about halfway through. I had to turn it off. Um, I was, I've was. i been watching it in increments as I did housework, which I know, please, nobody email me and be like, that's not how you watch Citizen Kane. Like, I get that. Yeah. Um, I've been paying full attention to it as I folded laundry. I didn't even take my eyes off the screen kind of thing. But then I had to stop it because I had some, I had to go to a gig or something. Is it, is it long? Um, I don't know. I'm not okay. sure. I was, if it's like a three hour movie, I get it. It might be. I watched, I, so maybe I'm not halfway. I watched like, you know, like an hour of it. Okay. Maybe I got about an hour in. So, cause I remember like you know, certain movies like the Godfather. Oh yeah. You're like, okay, I need a break. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to we'll we'll discuss some Citizen Kane. Maybe I'll I'll watch it and we'll 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 cover it a little bit. Yeah. Deal. In the meantime, let's hop to a break, and then when we come back, we will talk about Love Simon, and eventually we will get to our third beer again. If you've never tuned in, second beer. I'm so sorry. Uh, if you've never heard the show before and you haven't seen Love Simon, again, we are dropping this episode. It's opening weekend, so you will be spoiler free all through this next bit. So no worries there, but you should probably go see it before you see the Danger Zone. Hear the Danger Zone. I've ruined this break. Yep, here we go. We're taking a break. Here we go. Bye. This episode, as all previous episodes, has been brought to you by The Handlebar Chico. Yeah, The Handlebar, if you've never been, uh, is a craft beer bar and restaurant, like Johnny said, here in Chico. It's at 2070 East 20th Street, and they have, in my opinion, one of the best craft beer bar lineups in town. Um, Maybe I've, I've traveled quite a bit for music. And I think one of the best places I've ever been, period. Yeah, and they just remodeled. They've got a solid food lineup with newly expanded options, including burgers and fries. Yeah, what's even crazier is they have seven days a week, a happy hour from two to six, where you get a dollar off all of their draft beers. It's insane. Again, that's the Handlebar here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. Please go check them out. They're kind enough to support this podcast, and that's just a great deal in general. So enjoy their stuff. I'm just like you. Except I have one huge-ass secret. Hey! Nobody knows I'm gay. Sometimes I feel like I'm stuck on a Ferris wheel. One minute I'm on top of the world. Then the next I'm at rock bottom. I've been thinking about why I haven't come out yet. Maybe part of me wants to hold on to who I've always been. Just a little longer. All right, welcome to segment two. We're back. We got some stuff to talk about. Uh, Mainly, this movie, Love, Simon. Yeah, what you just heard was the trailer from Love, Simon. Yes, um, as you probably gathered, Simon is a, well, you may not have known this, he's a high school student. He is gay. 
And that's what the movie is about. It's about his experience coming out as a gay person and um, his love life leading up to that and what that means for him and his family and his friends and, and how it all affects their life. This is a movie done by Fox. It was released this weekend. It is March 16th. Like we said, when we were recording, it's the St. Patty's Day weekend. This movie runs just under two hours long. It's got a $17 million budget, which I was shocked by. Yeah. Also, this is classified as an action adventure, which is yeah, not quite which isn't, Yeah, on IMDb, it's like action adventure. Everywhere else says it's a, it's a drama coming of age romance movie, which is more correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So directed by Greg Berlanti, this is actually a movie that was based on a book called Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda. I love that title. Yeah. It's written by Becky Albertalli and it was out in 2015. So this became a movie quite quickly, mm-hmm. so quickly that I didn't know it was a book and I didn't have a chance to read it, which I like to do on this show. Um, it was adapted for the screen by Elizabeth Berger and Isaac Aptaker, and it stars a cast of people you might recognize. Number one is Nick Robinson, who plays Simon. Jennifer Garner and Josh Dumel play Emily and Jack, his parents. And his main group of friends, Leah, Abby, Martin, and Brahm, are played by Catherine Langford, Alexandra Ship, Logan Miller, and Keenan Lonsdale. Um, they all make up this cast of friends. They're just regular old high school students doing, doing their thing. And, um, I, I I think they all did a really good job. Maybe we'll highlight some of their performances as we move on. Yeah. But in the meantime, what did you think about this? You know, I really loved this movie and I was not expecting to love this movie. I fell in love with most of the characters in this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, the writing and the acting, it got me like this movie got me. This movie really, I felt like I was friends with all the characters in the film. I mean, it was so endearing and it was so well done, lightheartedly done, I would say. I mean, this, you know, and I had the feeling immediately of nostalgia. Uh, It it really hearkened back to coming of age tales for me that I was well versed in, you know, that came out in like the late 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this movie's gonna be somebody's sixteen candles or right. this this movie's gonna be somebody's breakfast club. Specifically, it's going to be a gay person, sixteen candles. Exactly. Or breakfast club. Yeah. Sure. It's gonna be something that someone identifies with that has never had a movie made about their feelings before. And when you really break that down and think about it, we're living in a groundbreaking time for mainstream cinema. The fact that Fox is behind this is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's a major movie company. You know, portraying something about something that not that long ago was so taboo. It's super refreshing to see the tolerance and the just open-mindedness of the United States in general expanding. So it's it's a really beautiful thing to see that, you know, you can portray a gay love story and have it just be okay. And it can be good. And it can be something that a straight man enjoys. Totally. And more than just okay, like we said, it's been out for... Today is the first full day. It was released in limited release uh, on its opening night. The preview night was last night. And it made in 2,125 theaters uh, $850,000, which is pretty good. That is pretty good. It's done done better than other movies in its category over the past couple of years. And it is not expected to necessarily knock out Tomb Raider, which it opened against this weekend. Which I'm happy we did this instead of Tomb Raider. For sure. I'll yeah. probably see Tomb Raider. I'll see it in for sure. In like 3D, XD, vibrating seats. Kind yeah, of I, absolutely. Yeah. But this movie felt more important. And upon viewing it, I think it really is. Uh, I want to take aside, you know, take out, take out the gay, the straight, the the whatever. This was a beautiful love story. Sure, it really sure. was, and that's it. Doesn't need classifications. That's just what it was. You know what I mean? I'm. I actually might. I'm gonna turn my microphone back towards you. I don't have to read anymore. All right. Um, I might disagree in that. Well, I mean, it's important like, because it was a gay love story, right? Like, take take twenty years from now, assuming as a society we've done done well we continue on this trajectory and this becomes a normal movie it's not a gay movie anymore it's just like a right. romance movie this is just a, a movie i think then it'll be okay but for now the reason i think it's so amazing and i think what you were saying hit it on the head is that it is it is a mainstream approach to something that's been taboo and something that is celebrated in this movie mm-hmm. and, and i think the bravery that it takes to do something like that and to make it normal yeah and almost in a nonchalant way yeah is why it stands on its own i mean that was a theater packed full of families i don't i can't think of one movie that is not some indie, like artsy called me movie. by your name. Yeah, sure. That is, it is that makes a teenager's gay life like just basically, you know, he's like seventeen, I think. They yeah, said. he's a senior. Just his like normal finding out what he likes in life and who he likes yeah. and all that, and it's just it's just, completely normal. Just the teenage experience. Yeah, just what I, from a different lens. Right. What I really liked about this is that 
there's there's this emphasis on I gotta find the character's name. Um, let's see if I can find it right quick. Well, not Lyle. Ethan? Was it Ethan? There's this there's this gay kid in their school uh, named Ethan, played by Clark Moore. Yep. And he is about as flamboyant and stereotypically gay as you can get. He's you know he he dresses up kind of feminine and and speaks in a very stereotypically gay way. Yeah, young African American man with very long straight black yeah. hair, like very pretty. Yeah, so you know, very uh, handsome young man. And there's like bullies at the school or whatever. But but by and large, he the his stories that he came out when he was 16, and then deals with family stuff. But generally speaking, everybody in the school is pretty okay with it. Mm-hmm. Which I think was a nice touch. I mean, that's something that Simon deals with in the movie. Is like, he even says at one point, "I'm not really scared of like I'm not scared of what people will think. I just kind of want to hold on to who I've been." Mm-hmm. Um, and it's deeper than that. But that was a nice sentiment because it's like there's there's an overarching theme of tolerance in the world that he's living in already, which I think was really nice. It's not like oh, what's a good example? Even like okay, I don't know why this came to mind, but like remember the Titans. You know, um, sunshine, sunshine, right. Who is not gay. I knew exactly what but you're talking like about. But there's like this fear, like, and it's like a, it's a, it's a bit, it's a comedy thing in the movie. It's a uh, Petey, right? They're in the locker room. Yeah. And he's like, Hey man, doesn't matter, but I need to know. Play like, by it doesn't matter. Why do you need to know? Yep. And it's like a big laughing word. Like, ah, he's, he might be gay, but he's yeah. not. Huh? Cause good thing he's not gay. Cause he likes women. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it's not that in this movie. It's just very much like, yeah, he's, he's gay. Yeah. It, well, cool. it hopefully reflects the majority of current society. That just yeah. Let's. This is just a fact. You know, there are people that are brown. Yeah. There are people that are white. Yeah. There are people that are gay. There are people that are straight. There are people that are trans. Doesn't just matter. There's people. They're just. They're all. They're just. We have a wide variety of humans. Yeah. What we didn't get to in the trailer is sort of the main. The main plot device of this whole movie. Basically, there's this blog that the school has. Yeah. Right? And it's a student-run blog, and at some point, some person anonymously posts that they are gay and he goes by the name blue. And one of, uh, one of Simon's friends says, Hey, have you seen the new post about the closeted gay kid? And he checks it out and he writes this guy And the whole movie is basically trying to the Simon trying to figure out who this guy is. Yeah. And there's all these different scenarios where he thinks it's this one guy. Oh, it's not him. And it's not him. So you're by the end, you're like, ah, I hope we figure out who it is. And you finally do. And that's a really nice moment, but we're not going to spoil that here yet. Maybe we will. I don't know. No, we will in the danger zone. Sure. Um, but I, I think, even like the storytelling was compelling because they had a, this is a a very comedy. It was a it was a rom com. Oh, totally. Ish. In that you're not in a lot of rom coms. You have like the couple that are going through the movie together. Yeah. And this was more him f- trying to become a couple by the end. I guess. Absolutely. It was uh, like a self discovery rom com. Sure. So, but there's a lot of these funny cutaway scenes where you see what he is thinking probably is happening. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, one of the moments happens in the trailer where one of these guys that he thinks might be blue is the emailer's name. If I didn't say that, um, like ends up in his house under the mistletoe and then they're about to kiss. And then he breaks his reality and he goes back to, yeah, it was like a daydream life. montage. There's lots of those, like this great musical break, mm-hmm. um, where he's like, when I go to college, I'm just going to be, you know, the, the gayest guy, have my own pride parade kind of thing. And there's mm-hmm. just, that bit did go on a little bit long at the end. I like that. I liked it too, but I think they could have, it would have been funnier if they cut it shorter. Yeah. Cause at the end it was, uh, it was set to Whitney Houston's want to dance mm-hmm. with somebody. Right. And it was this great montage of how he's going to be out and openly right. gay in college and it was seriously like just synchronized dance and it went on for quite a while. Yeah. Speaking you know, of music in this movie, you had something you wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. Kick that mule. So, yeah, the soundtrack to this movie was phenomenal. Yeah. The track you're hearing right now is a song called Love Me. By a band that I was actually a huge fan of before this movie called The 1975. Mm. They have a very nostalgic kind of like new wavy, almost like 70s and 80s came together and they had a super awesome pop baby. Yeah. And they fit really well into the soundtrack. So we wanted to, to kick some of their music and maybe turn you on to them if you've never heard them. Uh, they're really rad and uh, I like them quite a bit. So check out The 1975. Also, the whole soundtrack, yeah, was it, just super cool. Yeah, it all felt very, very. Even though, like, the Whitney Houston's a great example; it's an old song, but it felt very fitting and modern with the material. Yeah, uh, nice. the main character Simon had a bit of nostalgia about him. He had a pretty, 
Um, I wouldn't say extensive because I didn't really get into it, but he had a vinyl collection. That's right. You know, and he popped on some stuff and it was, you know, that's kind of where the Whitney Houston and you could tell he was influenced by different generations of music. So it was really cool. And it's fair to mention that uh, his mom was a therapist in this movie. Yes. So that was an interesting dynamic. Uh, you know, little kid sister was a, a aspiring chef. She was right. probably what ninth grade, I'd say. Ninth grade? I don't know. She was part of the. No, she was younger than that. She had I to be in middle school. Yeah, but she was on the 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 social media that they. Like, oh, that's true. So that's why I'm wondering if that was just like a social media thing for like the town. Sure, maybe it was like, or maybe it's just like an alternative to like a Tumblr. Or Shh, Facebook that or makes sense. Yeah. It was just their version of their town's social media right. page or whatever. But yeah, it was it was an interesting family dynamic, and it was a really interesting look into just you know the life of this kid. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed speaking of family stuff. How say so make a good point in the beginning to say like his family is super accepting, and they would have no problem if he was gay. Because I think a, a a trope of a lot of coming out slash coming of age movies is that like, well, what am I gonna tell my parents? My dad's gonna be like, well, now you're not gonna be a football star. You're not gonna crush those girls. Like, you know, right. like I'm so glad we didn't have to rehash that. I mm-hmm. loved, I love this take on an accepting family that just wants to be open. Yeah. I thought it was really nice. Same with the friend stuff. There's a conflict that happens with friends, but it's not about him being gay. Um, it's, we'll get into it maybe later, but it's more about thing, his choices that he makes along the way. And, yeah. You know. Like the, the main conflict between him and his friends ended up not being about his sexuality, but just about him kind of being in some ways, not the best friend. Totally. Which yeah. was a nice point yeah. of emphasis. True. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't care, you know, yeah. to, about that. We just care about how you, yeah. how you are as a friend. Like exactly. You know. And that's way more palpable. You know what I mean? They're palatable I and say. relatable for most of us. So that was a nice touch. Yeah. I think exactly. It wasn't treating this gay thing air quotes mm-hmm. as something weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that was refreshing. There, there's obviously he does come out to people at some point in this movie. There's various stages along the way where he has to come out to individual people. And there's one scene where he comes out to a friend and um, it's, it's like, you know, please don't tell anybody kind of thing. And I'm, I'm still me. Don't think I'm any different kind of thing. I'm kind of blending two scenes here, but yeah. Uh, which I, you know, that's, I think that's nice. It was good to add in and the people were very understanding. It's like they were expecting him to say that, like, of course we're not going to think any different of you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting movie because I mean, I've got a lot of empathy towards people in the gay community. Like I have gay friends, I've had a lot of gay friends throughout mm-hmm. my life and you know, it's not, you know, necessarily a movie that's like made for me, you know, but it's a movie that I think people that want to have empathy or that have friends that are in this, in this community that are gay, you know, whatever that like, you should watch this movie because for me, like I've never really gotten this level of perspective. And, and I think it's a healthy dose of very easily digestible perspective on the gay adolescent experience, which would be a very healthy road for, most people in America to walk, you know what I mean? It's, it's good that you should watch this movie and maybe put yourself in someone else's shoes, but it's not in like a serious way. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, that scene where he and his friend, um, 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 um Nick played by Jorge Lindeberg jr. Which was, who was great. Who was also in Brigsby bear, which I just saw. I okay. got a recommendation from a podcast I listened to called film spotting. Okay. And it was like one of their movies that's kind of sailed under the radar. And I finally watched it and it was amazing. Nice. I'll say that. He was in that. He was very great. He was great. And this as well. There's a conversation they're having on a porch during a party. And they're talking about this girl, Abby, who's also one of their friends. And um, Nick wants to date Abby. And he's like, oh, he says to Simon, like, you don't like Abby, do you? He's like, oh, no. I mean, you know, I think she's cute or whatever. Like, she's just not my type. And he's like, oh, he's Nick is black, by the way. They're both black. Simon is not black. No. But Abby is black. Yeah. Two black people. Simon is white and gay. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, she's not my type. Awkward silence. And he's like, not not because she's black. I love black women. It's not like I like black women. Like, I just love all women. That sort of thing. <laughs> my point being, like, the, there's there's a certain... Do you remember when the Disney movie, a Princess, The Princess and the Frog, came out? And it was like, the, the princess was Tiana and she was a black girl? Yeah. There was like a huge uproar, probably, among racist people. We're like, you can't Disney <laughs> yeah, or white. The kind of people that would uproar about... Anything other than a white princess. Totally. And and it's like a thing, you know, like there's, there's these things like people that only like black women or like they're a special niche. Like Robert De Niro. Yeah. But broader, like they're a commodity, right? Yeah. So no, it's, it's a very niche thing for right. sure. So what you're saying, I think about this movie is that it, it, it made this perspective of, of normalizing and, and, and uncommodity 
gay people like a thing. I remember when I first saw like two men kiss in real life and in a movie, but I remember both times because it was like, what? I've never seen this, but like, this isn't normal, right? Yeah. Um, and then presenting this love story in such a normal lens, I think, yeah. especially for younger people is going to be great. It's just going to, it's going to make just, yeah, like you were saying, like just, they're just people. They're just people, dude. Yeah. I remember, you know, I remember those moments too, like the first time you saw two guys kiss mm -hmm. in a movie and also like the first time you saw two guys kiss in real life, like it's, it's whatever. What one thing that like hit me profoundly was like, I remember the first time I saw two dudes like holding hand mm, in public, just yeah. walking down the street, you know, cause you know, kissing is an overt display of affection. Sure. That's like, there's no mistaking it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh, holding hands walking down the street is such a nonchalant thing that you wouldn't even, you know, like I, I'll hold my wife's hand. I don't even sure. think about it. You yeah, know what I mean? But the second you see like two guys. Yeah. It was such a subtly bold statement that it really, that was the thing that like took me the most in my life. That was the most affecting. It's thing. weird. But yeah. Because you take something so mundane in your own life yeah. and you apply it to something that makes it not like I imagine non-racist people back in like the 60s when black people started drinking out of white people's water fountains yeah. like, like what is happening or this is fine but it's catching me off guard yeah or an interracial marriage happened totally god and now that's just a normal thing that yeah. we're all like that's just you know that's fine why would that be weird how screwed up is it that it wasn't that long ago that right. that wasn't fine right. though you know so yeah all in all this movie is a good a step in the right direction. That's yeah. what I would say. Yeah. Also, what I was going to get out with the Disney movie thing is that for so long, I've never considered this because we are white people and we own everything. I've never had a problem relating to anything in my whole life. Yeah. Like no if shit. I watch a movie, the, the like the protagonist is always white. Yeah. And we wreck shop. Like La La Land, perfect. Yeah. Modern, perfect. Great. But like Die Hard. For, for, yeah, whatever. Well, he's got Dan Robin Lover, Hood. Doesn't he? Or is that Lethal Weapon? That's Lethal Weapon. I get Mel Gibson and Bruce Welles confused in action movies a lot. Yeah. But yes, you know, like it's, it's, this is a completely from start to finish relatable to a gay person. Yeah. Which is great. You don't have to pretend like, yeah, you know, no. And that's where the, the, nice. the immediate feeling of nostalgia, mm -hmm. because like, I felt like this is some, like, I almost felt it in that theater. Like this movie means a whole lot to someone Definitely. sitting here right now. And that was a cool feeling. Yeah. Should we rate this? That's sucker? what I was going to get at. Yeah. So I have got my rating for this film called Love, Simon. Again, it's just open this weekend, so if you haven't had a chance, please do go see it. After our break that we're about to take, we are going to get into some spoiler territory. So if you want to wait on this, go see the movie and come back later, please do. If you're not going to see the movie, that's totally fine. Please listen. We're going to talk about our second and final beer for the night. But in the meantime, Johnny, what do you rate Love, Simon? Um, you know what? This movie's a 9.5. 9.5, okay. I absolutely loved it. Uh, we spoke off air about plan making plans to go see it again. Sure, because of that stupid piece. Because of that person, but also <laughs> yeah. because I really like this movie. Sure, um, it was it was a great story told in a beautiful way, and it was super identifiable. Which is, I'm I'm a straight white man, and I'm saying this movie was identifiable totally. And yeah, because I do think it does a good job, regardless of. And that's not to say no other movies done this. I think straight movies can be relatable to people who are not straight or it, it portrays you know. a human experience we were all awkward teenagers mm -hmm. sorry that's danger zone you. language but we were all awkward teenagers like doesn't matter if you're gay or straight high school age sucks yeah you know so this those some there's just some truths that are universal and this movie portrayed universal truths in a very easily accepted way fair i uh I also have a high rating. I think the performance by Nick Robinson as Simon was really good. Uh, you mentioned on a break that Jennifer Garner's performance as his mom, actually both of them, in my opinion, Jennifer Garner and Josh Duhamel, both gave really nice um, kind of resolution speeches. Yep, I agree. And in their yeah. own way, you know, and mm -hmm. and Josh Duhamel portraying like an alpha male in his home. Kind of. But it was fun. That's why I say air yeah, quotes right. alpha male because like he was like super sensitive. Yeah. You know, and he cried all the time and was like, very dependent on other people to help him out with things. Yeah. So like he was the opposite of alpha in a lot of ways, Definitely. but like as the male leader, quote unquote of his household, like he handled this whole situation very gracefully. Yeah, man. I think there's a lot of nuance in that performance too, because you can tell he's a jokester and whatever. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to say this, the moment that Simon does come out to his family, um, his dad starts joking. Yeah. Right. And, um, that's how he, that's just how he is in general, but maybe it wasn't the most appropriate thing, 
but still, and I, like that's just a that's a really nice move because I think that is how that guy probably would deal with that. And totally. Not, not meaning any type of slight, but just not not being able to compartmentalize right away. Yeah, he was he was the the dad that like relies on silly humor mm-hmm. to just ease tension and get him through social situations. Yeah, you know it was nice. And it, like that's not to overstate. Earlier on, he makes some. Um, no, I wouldn't say homophobic jokes, but very like homo, homo, homo. What's the? There's no word for this, but like, like othering, like, like homo, ah, there's the. Gay he was like homo like, aware. Yeah, but like almost, almost like, stereotypically offensively aware. Like, like he's clearly never been exposed to, you know, like gay wokeness before. So he's dealing with like he was speaking from a perspective like he has no gay friends. It's like the person that says like ah you're 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 throwing that like a girl, but like doesn't necessarily mean it. But it's still not a cool thing to say. Yeah, like, he was borderline derogatory, but just out of ignorance. Ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't abs. It wasn't like malicious. And and more importantly, I think the the defi because that character can go two ways. One, he refuses to accept the reality and stays ignorant, mm-hmm. or he adapts and tries to become a better person, which is what he does. Yep. And I think that's that's why it's good. At, in that moment when he said whatever he said about, I think it was like a TV show they were watching. Um, it was, was The uh, Bachelor. The Bachelor, right? He was uh, like, yeah, he's to- how'd that guy even become The Bachelor? He's totally gay. Well, and I, I listened to a few podcasts, and uh, they're very up on current events. And like the newest season of The Bachelor, like everyone thought that The Bachelor was gay. Right. I like, think I think the point they were making in the movie, too, is like there was a subtle way of being like, you can't just look at something like, ah, oh, they look gay. Like, Yeah. But like yeah. also, I think it was him. Wh- wh- the reason I bring that up is because it was like a thing that like multiple podcasts I listened to mm. pointed out. As like him having more chemistry with the host than with the women. Right. You know, and he actually made that joke in the movie. Yeah. And I think it was something that maybe like it was put in there to point out that maybe the dad like was aware that like, you know, he had some awareness of like male chemistry. Maybe. Yeah. You know what nice. I mean? That's like, a nice take on it. That's what I would think. That's how I kind of took it. Hmm. Just because everyone I've listened to on podcasts was saying that, that like he was obviously like flirty with the guy and like he gave off impressions that like he wasn't into the chicks yeah i do think it's about delivery in that case like if you know if they were blatantly like ah this fag was super about the host like that's clearly not good um but yeah if you saw that and you were like that's just how he is i yeah it's so much about context yeah so for me and just knowing that and knowing like the general vibe from like pop culture Mm -hmm. of like the perception of that the newest season of the bachelor it seemed like they were putting in that in there to give him just like a little subtle like awareness and and wokeness if sure. you will all right well all that to say um that was sort of my roundabout way of saying that i think this movie is very important i think there were good performances it was great writing i think i'll probably go around and read the book um i'm gonna give it a 9.7 which is that for me and a 9.5 for you yeah um so once again please do go see love simon if you have a chance we're gonna take a break and come back to a spoiler filled danger zone and our second and final beer of the night also very extra special surprise coming at the beginning of the danger zone we got we found it. We dug it up. <laughs> the voicemail of the chick calling the movie theater after she got kicked out for texting. We did find it. So in case you need a refresher, that's what you're going to be hearing as soon as our little uh, commercial is over is what we'll call it. Yeah. So stick around after the break. We have that. It is juicy and hilarious. And we're going to talk about movie talkers in the danger zone. Be right back. I don't know if you know this about me, Johnny, but I hate that show lip sync battle so you know what network i avoided back in the day what the spike network well i have a spike network that you should get involved with what's up that's the spikes bottle <laughs> shop network where you can get some bitchin beer and liquor and all kinds of fun stuff maybe some snacks to fuel your partying needs that's right folks head on down to spikes bottle shop located where 1270 East First Avenue. That's where you're going to go. You're going to get all your beer. You can get all your liquor. You're going to use the super special promo code, which is FHC at checkout to get 10% off because you listen to this podcast. That's right. Once again, that's Spike's Bottle Shop here in Chico at 1270 East First Avenue. Please use our super secret password FHC to get 10% off on any purchase. Spike's Bottle Shop, please enjoy your face off. At the Alamo Draft House, we have a simple rule. If you talk... Or text during the movie, we kick you out. Sometimes that pisses the movie talker off. What follows is an actual voicemail a customer left us after being kicked out. Yeah, I was wondering if you guys actually enjoy treating your customers like a piece of shit. Because that's how I felt when I went to the Alamo Draft House. Okay? You know what? I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to text in your little crappy ass theater. 
It was too fucking dark in that place for me to find my seat, all right? I was using my phone as a flashlight to get to my fucking seat. So excuse me for using my phone in USA, United States of America, where you are free to text in a theater. I was not aware that I couldn't text in your theater, all right? I've texted in all the other theaters in Austin, and no one ever gave a fuck about what me I was doing my fucking phone, all right? And it was on silent. It wasn't on loud. It wasn't bothering anybody. You guys, obviously, were being assholes to me. And I'm sure that's what you do, you know, to rip people off. You take my money, and then you throw me out. You know, I will never be coming back to your Alamo draft house or whatever. I'd rather go to a regular theater where people are actually polite. And, you know, I'm going to tell everyone about how shitty you are. And I'm pretty sure you guys are being assholes on purpose. So thanks for making me feel like a customer. Thanks for taking my money, asshole. Take it away, man. Yeah, and that is your intro to the danger zone, and that's why you don't fucking talk in a movie. You know, I do like that policy. I love the the guts on those guys to just be like, yeah, you know what? You leave us an angry voicemail, we play it for every customer we yeah, ever have. You put it on YouTube. In my brain, she's gone back, and she's seen that, and she's heard that before her movie, and she's like, oh, that sounds like me. Yeah, that'd be great if they played that. That It was only like a minute and a half. Yeah. Also, hi, welcome to the Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone. This is a section of our podcast where we spoil the movie if we want to, and Johnny ends up squaring a lot more, and we've usually had more to drink than early in the show, because that's how time works when you're drinking. Shit gets wild. Mm-hmm. So, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's jump right into our second beer for the night. This is going to be our second and last beer. Uh, we are working our way steadily through a whole six-pack of it. Yeah. Because... St. Patty's Day weekend, which means really nothing to either of us. Until we say what this beer is. But you're right. It doesn't mean anything yeah, else. No, but I thought it was uh, thematically appropriate. We are drinking a beer from Boulder Beer Company out of, you guessed it, Boulder, Boulder Colorado, Colorado. Uh, called Irish Blessing. It is an oak-aged coffee stout, and this beer has been aged on Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey Soaked Oak chips. Mm-hmm. If you remember from earlier, we also had a kettle sour that was oak-aged, yep. so we are oaking it up. Oak hard, Oaken, Oaken, Oaken toke. Hey. I don't know. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You can, you can add a pun if you'd like to be from the Midwest as well. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I don't love this beer. Now, Johnny has hypothesized that it is because it is aged in Tullamore casks, and I don't think that's the case. Or it's not casks, I guess. It's the chips that have been soaked in Tullamore Whatever. I think that, well... Let's talk about how we feel about this beer, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So this, yeah, like you said, it is a, it's an Irish coffee stout. Um, it's 6.2%. It feels real thin to me, and I don't want to get into our typical thing about stouts being thinner than barrel-aged stouts because we know that. Irish stouts are supposed to be thin. Is this a joke? No, let's look at Guinness. Oh, that's true. Like they're traditionally a very thin, stylistic beer. Yeah, that said, I had a Guinness earlier, and I loved it. But it was also on nitro. This is not. Well, Guinness is delicious. I like Guinness it's, a lot. It's a really low ABV kind of like diet craft beer. Mm-hmm. What? You know, yes. Sure. You know, it's 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 what four point eight percent ABV. Some, yeah, it's like really that. low. Yeah. But like Guinness nitro, like Guinness, it's so good. It's creamy. Excuse me. Third burp. Just was it track. the third burp? The third. Well, the third time you politely were like, excuse me. You know, yeah, it's a lot nicer than just burping into the microphone. Sure. No, I think it's great. Yeah, I don't want to burp into the microphone. Mm-hmm. It's rude. Yes. It's rude. No one deserves that. But anyways. I that mean, was it, by the way, right there. Uh, I mentioned something on the break where I was like, sometimes you're like, about to talk about a can, you just like fill space, and you were like, ah, it's so rude. It's rude. Nobody deserves that. So anyways. <laughs> the, uh, I, was just, I think it's funny. I'm just, I was narrating the fact that I've been trying to burp less on microphone. Yes. But also, uh, yeah. I was segueing mm-hmm. eloquently. Yeah. This is this is radio tricks that he's narrating. <laughs> it's happening now. <laughs> yeah, he's narrating radio tricks. Yeah. It's not shit you're supposed to know about. That's time filling. It's cool. So I'm gonna go first. So I don't love this beer. Okay. I like it. Okay. Why don't you not love? So it's the thinness is part of it. It's lacking a little bit of flavor for what I'd prefer. If you're gonna blast on your can that it's a coffee stout, I want more coffee than I'm picking up. I get a little bit of the roastiness from from the from the coffee. I assume is what it is. But it's not um, it's not present enough for me to think that it's it's um, like 
Hmm. No, I get what you're saying. Coffee stouts should be prominent. Like, give me coffee. Well, yeah, yeah, because stouts themselves as a style have roasted malt. Yes. Which has a certain coffee note. Sure. So any regular stout, any regular ass stout that just is a stout is going to have somewhat of a coffee-like bitterness. Right. Just because of the malt bill. And maybe that's what I'm getting, and I want more coffee. Yeah. It's not, this just tastes like a stout. They said coffee, but it was, they honey-dicked you. Hmm? Some false advertising. Honey dicked me? Yeah, you've never heard that term? I don't think I want to know what it means on air. No, it's not that big of a deal. It it's bad. It's like the old switcheroo. That's like, here, this is a thing. This is what it is. And then, ha ha, just well, kidding. I, I, get the, I get what you're saying about, I just the origin is what scares me. Like, you could have well, said it goes. it goes way back to uh, Winnie the Pooh and Christopher Robin. Of course it does. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. That's great. Yep. Lee Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what she sounded well, like in the theater. Yeah. Only way louder. <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't even a full laugh. No, she. I mean, she was like a good, like, I'm going to do it off mic. I'm going to go over here. And you tell me if you think this was accurate. All right. Give it to me, son. Also, it's important to note that a lot of the times was when people, everybody else chuckled and she would give this. I want to talk about the humor in this movie a little bit after you do this. Okay. Can you tell me a joke? A bad joke. Yeah. So, um, a bad joke? She didn't cough, I coughed. No, there was coughing. She yeah. coughed. And that's pretty accurate. Yeah, it was something very- like that. <laughs> and like, there's like, like, bop, 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 bop. Like when you drop a coin and it's like, yeah. 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 I don't know what I'm talking Well, about. and it was at times when it was not appropriate. No, no yeah, one exactly. Else. And there was a very recurring theme in this movie. First of all, I'm going to point out, it felt like we were in a movie theater with like a sophomore class. Yeah, a little bit, huh? There was a lot of giggling, a lot of, of which, and maybe like again, this is for like younger people, so maybe it was. Like maybe yeah, it was, it was definitely a movie know. directed towards like adolescents, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So yeah. Uh, there was that. You know, there was a lot of giggling, and mm-hmm. this a lot of the humor in this movie definitely felt like it was age appropriate for like a younger audience. Yeah. Um, I noticed that you and me and Shalina also all kind of laughed at times when no one else was laughing. Did you catch that? Well, so our laughter was relatively subdued, like we said. So maybe other people were laughing quietly and we just didn't catch it. Or it was just at different times. I feel like we were laughing at different points than other people were laughing. Yeah. Like homeboy takes a bite of an Oreo and like four girls like audibly giggle. Like that wasn't funny. And three of them were the two girls behind us. (laughs) Oh. I don't know. That wasn't like a specific joke. It's just like they were loud enough for like that one girl was loud enough to be two people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was offensive somehow maybe hashtag trigger she was offensive to me man yeah she was super <laughs> she offensive. needs to be more quiet than she is yeah so that was just what i wanted to point out was just the the difference of humor i want to say i laughed a lot during uh we didn't mention this but tony hale is in this who i knew from arrested development yeah me he too plays buster he's a buster and in this film he's the vice principal of the school his name is mr worth and he is like the annoying overly involved kind of too personal principal. it's just so fucking impossible to see him as anything but buster yeah and but everything he did in the movie i found really funny and we were laughing at stuff in that because i think we were with people who'd never seen arrested development maybe yeah so everything every t- like i think he was great well and shulina just got into arrested development she was like laid up sick like uh, last month and yeah. watched like all of season one and most of season two yeah so she was just like oh my god it's mm-hmm. buster dude you know one part i didn't like is when after simon has come out and he he bumps into the prince the vice principal in the halls there's like like almost like a weird like gay shameness that he does the Almost, he's like, right? hey man, because earlier he told Simon he had something like they had a lot in common. Well, he looks Simon in the eye and says, "I really see me in you," which we're all like, ah, gay. Yeah, but, and, and yeah. Simon's like, oh, don't I don't phrase think it. you yeah. should say that. Yeah, but even later he was like, yeah, no. By the way, like I told you, I saw you know I saw a lot of myself in you. I I didn't mean that. Like, no, I'm not gay. <laughs> I'm yeah, like that kind of yeah. also. That's the only sound I can make for this. Yeah, like <laughs> but yeah, wasn't that. Yeah, yeah, that's not what we had in common. Hey, real quick, before we stray too much from this beer, let's jump back around. Let's give it a rating. Let's let's pack it up, pack it in. Yeah. Let it begin? Is that yeah. a song? Yeah, pack it up, pack it in. What is that? Let it begin. That's jump around, House of Pain. That's right, yeah. Pack it up, pack yeah. it in, let me begin. Yeah. I came to win, battle me, that's a sin. Well, you know the whole thing. Yeah. I'll Irish serve bar, your ass yeah. like John McEnroe. If you bitch step up, I'm slapping a hole. There you go. Yeah. Words to live by, my friend. That's right. Irish Blessing from Boulder Beer Company out of Boulder, Colorado. What do you think? Overall, out of 10, give me your best shot. Hit me with that best shot, if you will. 
um, you know, I'm going to call it a six and a half. That feels fair. It's a six, five. Sure. Uh, this beer is good. Uh, this beer is definitely drinkable. It is on the sweeter side. It's very smooth. It's got a nice, nice full body. I mean, it's, it doesn't really fall short as far as just being a regular stout. What falls short is the fact that there's no coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't get much bourbon either. Yeah. Those you are don't. the two things that it advertises. Bourbon, this time I'm correct. Bourbon is not Irish whiskey. Correct. I'm sorry. Whiskey. Boom. Whiskey. Yes. There's no whiskey. No. Uh, and those are the two things that it really advertises. It's coffee and Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. And if you advertise both and give me none, I say, fuck you. Good day, sir. 6.5. Fair. I'm also going to go 6.5 for all those reasons, but with less aggressive words, probably, because that's how I am. That's fine. I want more coffee. I want it to be a little bit smoother. You should hear how much he swears off air. I swear so much off air. Yeah. Like a goddamn sailor. I just think like my mom listens sometimes. She, it's like poison to her ears, so I yeah, just don't do it. You know? Also, I've never met your mom. That's true. And you, you for should. sure have. I have met my mom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We go I, way I would, back. I would love, let's get our moms together. That'd be great. We should do an episode with our moms. Sure. For Mother's That'd Day. That'd be awesome. My mom loves movies. She has a movie pass. I got that for Christmas. Dope. So does your mom like movies? Like good movies at all by chance? You told me you took your parents to see, or you took your dad, I guess that doesn't matter. You took your dad to see, um, not Den of Thieves. No, it was. 12 Strong? Yeah. Yeah, which is like not a good movie. Yeah. So did, does he like, do your parents like good movies? They do. They, oh, okay. they really do. They like movies in general. They're part cool. of the reason why like I am so enthusiastic about cinema. Like, Yeah, well, took, I would, we should, on Mother's Day, dude. That'd be fun. We should have a Mother's Day episode with our mothers. We should. Let's try and make that happen. Yours is going to be easier than mine because mine's going to have to drive a few the hours to get fuck you saying about my mom? Okay. <laughs> your mom's easy, bro. Touche. 6.5 for me. 6.5 for you on this Irish, uh, Cream coffee stout. Irish coffee stout. Irish coffee stout. Um, anything else you want to add about the movie? Go see it, dude. It was one of the most refreshing cinematic experiences I've had in a while. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy it. I feel like it's going to be an instant cult classic. Hopefully just an instant classic. I don't know about cult classic. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like yeah, that's the 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 subjectivity or the niche nicheness of yeah, it. sure. But like I said, I let's Ho- just call yeah. it a classic, Hopefully man. that changes. Let's yeah. just call this a new classic. Hopefully this is... The next generation's like Breakfast Club. Yes, we have been talking about Love Simon, Irish Blessing, and Golden Shower. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's been a fun episode. We are going to wrap things here. But again, please do go see this movie. Talk uh, talk to your friends. Talk to us about it after you've seen it. Seriously, I would love to talk to you about this movie. Yeah, hit us up at fhccast at gmail.com or on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, all at Fresh Hop Cinema. We do have to go. We're going to record six fantastic facts about this movie for our Patreon guests. That's you, right. You heard about Patreon at the beginning of the episode. If you'd like to hear our mini episodes or come to our events, please, again, do go check out patreon.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema. We'd love to have you. It's a real good time. Um, that's the only way to get our bonus content yeah. and to come party with us. Yeah, it, it'd be real fun. But in the meantime, I think we we shall bid you adieu. And my name is Max Minardi. My name's Johnny Summers, and together we're Fresh Ops in. We'll catch you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.